Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we uh, we haven't been here for a couple weeks, big, so uh, we, we gotta dust off the cobwebs here, but we're through the majority of non-conference play. We thought it'd be a good idea at this time to... Uh, Pick out some teams that have been overachieving, underachieving, maybe just achieving. We'll see. And uh, talk about them. You ready? I am. Let's go. All right, John, as some of these teams are rounding into like midseason form, I feel like we're back in preseason form because we took some we took some time off. So we're going to see if we can uh, if we can get back into or maybe achieve midseason form like some of these teams are. What do you got? Well, first thing I was going to say, I'm going to piggyback off that. And before people say that we're lazy and just aren't dedicated to podcasting, I would like to say that we have just been practicing some load management. OK, so this will help us get through the season and not suffer any. uh heartbreaking losses in the podcasting world. Yep, got to stay fresh. Yes, I uh, do have a question to kick off the show. And like I said, we're going to be picking out some teams um, who we just feel have either overachieved or underachieved. But I feel like there's a few teams that sort of jump out to me just from the get-go here, Biggs. And so I'm going to name off a few of them. And I want you to rank in order the sustainability of their season so far. Okay. Um, I've got about, I think, do I have four or five? I think I've got four. So I've got Virginia, UConn, Texas, and Purdue. Top and Bama, and, and, Bama, and, Bama, and Bama, and Bama, and Bama. Okay. Yes. So five of the top, probably seven teams in the new rankings are unveiled. Yes. And uh, like, these are all teams that I don't think anyone expects to be awful, but just not at this point, like not to this point of success so far. So, yeah, maybe not top five caliber level teams in the yeah. preseason, at least. Yeah. So which which teams do you think can sustain this for the entirety of the season? Before I rank those five teams, which of those five teams are you most surprised by their success to this point? Most surprised by their success? Yeah. Which one did you see coming? The, maybe which one did you see coming the least? I would have to go... It's a tough one. Um, at first glance, I would have said Purdue, and you know their their success has been because of Zach Eady, who is a le- is probably the leading candidate for National Player of the Year at this point. Obviously, it's very early, but he's been playing ridiculously well. But I'd probably have to go UConn, and not just because of their record being eleven zero. Um, all their wins have been double digit wins, bigs. Like they have not had a close game yet. Um. Included in those wins are wins against Oregon, who, yeah, they suck. Uh, Bama, Iowa State, who has looked, you know, like they're going to sustain what they had a year ago. And Florida. And then, you know, Adonis Sonoga has been a ridiculous, like 18% or 18%, 18 points per game, 62% shooting. And have I heard that he's kind of developed a perimeter game? Yeah, he, he steps out there a little bit now. He, he takes like three threes a game or so and, and is pretty pretty decent at it. Yeah. So that's that's something that, uh, yeah, he's just adding something to the bag. Um, 
I, I think I said in the preseason, is, is UConn the best team in the Big East? And you just kind of scoffed at it. You're like, nope, Creighton. And uh, I would like to... I would like to pose that question again. Is UConn the favorite in the Big East now? Yes. Will you stop at it again? No, I will not. I will say they are the favorite. In oh. fact, my underachiever, the one uh, is the team that I was most excited about at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. There's a handful of underachievers in, in that league that we'll get to, I'm sure. UConn is interesting. Um, I do think, I mean, they they there's a legitimate case that they are ranked number one when the new rankings come out. They won't be just because people are stubborn for some reason, but they, they certainly are a top five caliber team. They look really, really good. As you said, they're, they're dominating people. And I would say like out of, out of any of these teams, they, they probably still have like the most room to grow. I feel like, cause they're getting almost, they're, they're getting very little from like a tangible level from Andre Jackson, who might be their best, like two way player. He's kind of a swing man. He's Did you see the play he had earlier today? So we're recording this on Sunday. There's a play he had where he steals it at like half court. And it's kind of like a battle, but he gets it, does a spin move, a behind the back, like just like puts it behind his back and then dunks on the guy at the other end. Did you see that play? No, I didn't. It's like it's like a five second clip, but it's just a, an amazing five second clip. That's the speaking, thing. Speaking of amazing five seconds, no. he's capable. Yeah, a lot. Of, five seconds is a long time. A lot of amazing yeah. things can happen in five seconds, <laughs> um, or two. You know, yeah. but. But, I mean, he's capable of that kind of thing. And, I mean, like, he's he has been slow to get going, at least offensively. I mean, he's a, he's a high-level impact guy, and he doesn't have to score. But he's only averaging, like, five points a game, five rebounds, five assists. He's like a 5-5-5 five, five, and five guy. But there, there's more juice, I think, to be to be squeezed from from that uh, – what's the, what's the phrase here? I don't know. I don't have a phrase. There's, there's more, there's more in the tank though, for him offensively. I think like he can give them a little more from a scoring perspective. So, I mean, I, I think that if he does that, boy, they get even scarier. And then Naheem Aline, one of their top transfer guards, he was a, he was a three point specialist at Vatech. He was like a 40% three point shooter the last two years at Virginia tech. And so far he's only shooting, like he's shooting under 30%. So he's, he's been slow to get going. Should he get going? Um, you have two guys there who can who can give you even more of a punch. They're getting stuff from a couple freshmen that I guess we didn't really forecast. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Sonogo's been good. Tristan Newton's been good. It's a deep team. And I think there's room for, for even more for them. So they look like a monster. Yeah, and you mentioned all those guys. And one thing I have to add to Sonogo is, you know, they have five guys in addition to him who are averaging nine-plus points per game. And that doesn't include the, those two guys you just talked about who are slow to get going here. Yep. So, yeah, like you said, plenty of room for growth here. Um, I'm also just looking at their box score here. Ten guys averaging 15-plus minutes per game here, Biggs. Um, yeah, they have good depth. Florida Statey? Can, can you be Florida Statey if a guy is averaging 18 points per game, though? Probably not. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know. But if you have a bunch of guys – I mean, if you have one guy averaging 18 and then, like, another six averaging 6 to 10 – yeah, that feels like that's that's like that's like the perfect Florida Statey. They're out Florida Statey, Florida Statey. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might just be dead though, because Florida State, the new Florida Statey thing, might just be teams that suck. True. Um, being Florida Statey might just be your bad. Honorable mention underachiever for me there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, let's see. Drawing back to your first question, the, the teams that are the most sustainable ranking. That did you want me to rank them most sustainable to least sustainable? Yes. But I want you to go in some random order. Okay. Yeah. I think UConn is the most sustainable of those five. Oh, 
Oh, are we? Right. I, I want you to go through all of them here. Okay, I think they're going to keep winning. I think they're going to beat every team by ten plus points the rest of the season. Um, I don't think there will be a single drop off. Okay. So, no, I, they're going to lose. But I, I don't think the Big East, the Big East, doesn't look quite as good as as we thought at the beginning yeah. of the season. They look better than than everybody by like a lot. So but, I would not and, be surprised and, if they run away with that league title by by two yeah. plus games. And it's crazy. And like I'm not not trying to get too far ahead of myself. Like you see these teams pop up every year where it's like, oh, they're amazing, but is it gonna happen? But like we always kind of say, like we can't envision this team on that Monday in April holding up the trophy. UConn has done it before. So obviously a very different guys, but UConn has done it before. So I could see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see no reason why this UConn, this collection of this UConn, this UConn team, absolutely has the pieces. The pieces fit really well together. They play just like a, they play just like a mean kind of physical style, which is going to wear teams out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it happening. Let's see next. Let's see most sustainable. What do we got? We got Virginia. We got Texas. We got Bama and Purdue. Purdue. I'm going to say Virginia. They, they've um, got some good wins here, Baylor and Illinois. They do. They have they have some really good wins, and like they're they're deep. That's it's it's in large part because their offense has been so good. Their offense has been like a lot better than than we're used to with Virginia. That might level off eventually, but their defense also hasn't been as good as usual. And and I guess it's hard to imagine Virginia's defense not starting to 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 come up a little bit. So I feel like they have they have pieces. They have good offensive players. They have. It's a veteran group, obviously. It, it feels as though Reese Beekman has taken the jump that we've been kind of waiting for him to take, and he is a, a high-level impact kind of two-way guard. And I don't know, the the ACC also just kind of sucks. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just continue to to mow through that league with with pretty much with relative ease. There's just not a lot of really good teams. Some some teams that are not only down but like really down. You know, I mean, Louisville, I, I, God, I'm so sick of hearing about them on every single podcast. They're awful. They're God awful. Yep. Florida State, God awful. Um, Pittsburgh, terrible. I mean, there's some really, really bad teams and, and, and some of the good teams, I guess, aren't as good as we thought they might be. So I could see Virginia continuing to pile up wins. Now they get a great test next week. They play Houston on Saturday. They that do. That's going to be an amazing game, Diggs. Yeah. Like, just... That's going to be like a super fun 47 to 45 game. I know. I'm, I'm going to love it. Actually, I'm going to be at the in-laws for their Christmas, so I might not have you eyes find on a way it. To, you got to find yeah. a way to watch that one on your phone or something. Yeah, yeah. Vikings. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll be box score watching. Yeah, we'll be watching the Vikings game for sure. Nice. I'm not sure what time that Houston-Virginia game is. Yeah, it's like noon um, or one. It's like early okay, in the afternoon. so it's going to overlap then. Yeah, I will be box score watching on my phone then for sure. I will be I will be DVR. I will be recording it because I have a I have a our high school wife, team plays on Saturday as oh. well. Gotcha. So, yeah. But anyway, I, I would say Virginia's next. Third. But I, I'm just going to add on quick. Um, Yeah, I'm not saying Virginia has has is has to blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying Virginia has to prove anything here, but that game on Saturday is going to be, be a big chance to really prove themselves as, you know, possibly, you know, because I think they're ranked like three right now. They're probably going to jump up one or two this week. Um they're really going to have a chance to prove themselves for that for this entire season on Saturday. So absolutely looking forward to it. Third, I'm going to say Alabama. 
I kind of I'm I'm buying Bama. I was I was like irrationally high on Bama in the preseason, and now that irrationality might just be rational because I think they can they 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 showed they showed in that win over Houston like they can they can win ugly. That game against Houston, I feel like that Bama Bama lost that game last year. They beat Houston last year, but a game like that where Houston controlled the thing for like the first thirty plus minutes, and it felt like Bama just kind of hung around. Did they kind of pull away at the end? Yeah, there was a spot where Houston was up. They were up 10, I think, early in the second half. And and I thought and I kind of turned it off in my mind thinking like that'll be it. Bama will Bama will fall apart. Houston will will take control now and just kind of not let up. And, and Bama just kind of kept coming. And I know all the hype is about Brandon Miller, their their super swingman, the freshman who can who can really score it. He's he's had some games where he he gives them practically nothing. And they still have guys. I mean, they just, that's where the depth that we were talking about that gets us so excited about so many of these teams, like their depth is, their depth is a positive in that they just have so many guys that can, that can change the flow of a game or like take over stretches of a ball game. It's just, it's a, it's impressive. So I like, I like the way they play. I like their potential to, to do a lot of damage. And and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're contending for the SEC. Yeah, no, very impressive. They're, uh, 8-1 8-1 so far. Their lone loss is against UConn, who we talked about earlier. Um, best wins, um, North Carolina, that four-overtime thriller. Um, kind of a sloppy game, but... Thriller? Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, maybe not a thriller. Thrilling at all. Um, that was actually super boring. Uh, Michigan State, and then Houston, just uh, just yesterday as we record this on Sunday. Um, you know, Brandon Miller has been impressive. He's not... You know, he's only shooting like 38% from the field, so like if he gets those numbers up, then you know, even scarier. And yeah. then, you know, we talked about Quinterly um, before the season and coming back from an ACL injury. And he's, you know, he's played. Um, he certainly hasn't been the Javon Quinterly who we expect. He's averaging six points per game, 29% from the field, 26 from three-point line. So if he does get it going, that's kind of like how we talk about UConn where, you know, they have a couple guys who could get better. And if they do, you know, even scarier. So if Quinterly can get going and, you know, be like, you know, their second option behind like, behind uh brandon miller then you know there's another team who can get even better just like uconn can i'm with you i'm with you 100 um let's see i'll go texas after that ah no i'll go purdue okay let's go with purdue i don't know i'm high on all these teams i mean really there's no reason not to be they've, they've given us no reason not to be really high on all of them but purdue looks purdue looks legit i mean zach ed is as you said probably the front runner right now for player of the year uh, in the country. He's amazing. He's a monster. I thought coming into the season, I said something very, very stupid. And I said, I think their best lineups might not even feature Zach Eady. They may, might be best off when they're playing Mason Gillis and, and Caleb first up front, because Zach Eady can't, uh, he's not as much of a, he might be a defensive liability. He might be a guy that has to play like 22 to 25 minutes. I'd never seen him play 30 plus minutes. Uh, well, he's doing it. He's averaging like 32 minutes a game. And putting up ridiculous, just stupid stats. It's like twenty-two and twelve, and like three blocks. And he's a freeze. He's a he's it's, a freak. It's so, kind of funny, Biggs. I'm on like their schedule on ESPN, and they and on their schedule for each game, it lists high points, high rebounds, and high assists. Outside of the high assists, it's uh, there's a lot of Edie on there in their schedule. Zach Edie probably every time. Yeah, it's it, uh, he's, he's insane. Yeah, there's every rebound is Zach Edie, or no, all but one of the rebounds is Zach Edie. Um, Braden Smith had a game with nine. And then all but two of the high points are Zach Eady. Um, Fletcher Lawyer has a couple games where he was the leading scorer. 
Um, but speaking about Purdue, um, you know, I think we talked about how their downfall this year will probably be their guard play. Um, for and it's kind of for good reason because like they are relying on two freshmen who were not, you know, not like five star recruits by any means. Um, but they've been good enough. Brandon Newman and Fletcher Lawyer. Um, so no, very good team, and yeah, um, Zach Eady's just stats have been ridiculously good so far. Yeah, and then and then you got Texas. I think Texas is. I mean, they've they've been pretty good. They just lost here the other night to Illinois, but I mean that's their only loss to the to this point in the season, if I remember correctly. They've got some really nice wins over Gonzaga and Creighton. Um, I I think the pieces are there for Texas to be to be pretty good. I'm still a doubter in that. I just I think I think the Big Twelve is going to represent. Uh, it's going to give them too many too many tough games, and they're just going to drop some of them because they don't have a great shooting team. There's going to be enough games where Marcus Carr goes four of sixteen and. And uh, and they just can't quite figure out the offense. Sometimes it gets stuck in the mud. I still like Baylor and Kansas more, even though neither team is rated higher than them. I, I don't know, just eye test. That's just the that's an eye test thing for me. So I, I like Texas. They're a top. They're probably a top ten to fifteen ish team. I don't. I, I I don't know if I buy them quite yet as a as a as a best team slash top three to five team uh, in America. I can see that. I can see that. Do I'm a you, Texas hater. What was Texas one of your post hype sleepers uh, when we were doing our conference preview season? Or... They were not. No, I think I had them. I, I had them ranked in like the, the like everybody. They were a top fifteen team, but I thought I thought there were three teams in the Big Twelve that would be better. Yeah, and yeah, it's gonna be like that Big Twelve conference with you mentioned Kansas, you mentioned Texas. Um, TCU started off. They're actually. I have them listed as my underachiever, just and that's kind of just from how they started off the year. They, that's that's they, from like the first they, week, cause yeah, they, yeah, they, and and like they've 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 been a lot better since then. I've noticed, but um, you have those four teams. Like, I, I would just love to have like just a round robin tournament some weekend with those four teams. Which I mean, technically, maybe we'll somehow get that during the Big Twelve Conference tournament. We'll see. I mean, not round robin, but you know. Um. Let's see. So then I know we've gotten through. A lot of my um, overachievers. Do you have any overachievers that we haven't talked about yet? Oh, let's see. Just from a conference by conference standpoint here. I mean, the team we're watching right now on TV, although they don't look particularly overachievy right now in this in this game. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and Tennessee is playing Maryland. Uh, did you see Maryland getting getting eight and one, being ranked in the top fifteen at this point in the season? Did you see that coming? No, and it's uh. They just they have a recent new head coach. I don't know if it was this year or last year, but uh, what's his name? Um, Willard. Willard. Ke- Kevin Willard. Um, kind of uh, paying dividends pretty early on here. So you mentioned they are 8-1. and one. Um, They boast wins. I see St. Louis, they dominated. Your boy, Yuri Collins. Yeah. Yep. Um, dominated him and St. Louis. They beat Miami by 18. They beat Illinois uh, by 5. Their lone loss against Wisconsin on the road by 5. So... No, it's going to be interesting to see how they are in the Big Ten. I kind of feel like the Big Ten has, like, if you if I told you, Biggs, you have to pick one out of the Big Ten who's an overachiever. Like, it's tough to get to just one. It's hard. I had a really hard time picking just one overachiever, and I had a really hard time picking any underachievers because I feel like all the teams that I didn't think would be that good, there's, there's like, two very bad teams, and then everyone else is just kind of solid. Mm-hmm. And even the teams that haven't been that good from, like, a record standpoint, there's like there's like a real cause for it. Like I think Michigan State 
it's probably the easiest one to pick from like a from like an underachieving standpoint. But like I, I, I put the state of Michigan, the state of Michigan, my, but like their schedule has just been. <clears throat> they've played an insanely tough schedule. They always do, and then they've also had just injuries. Like two of their two of their top, you know, five guys have been hurt for a big chunk of the season. So it it like makes sense. I don't know. You, you provide context, and it's like I don't I don't know who's really underachieving, but. Yeah, they've got a bunch of overachievers. I mean, you could say Purdue's an overachiever because they've been way better than they were expected to be. You know, Penn State, they're 7-3. and three. They got good wins over Illinois, Butler, and Furman. I mean, Penn State's solid. They just beat Illinois here on Saturday, and uh, they beat them by like 15 at Illinois. So that's a team that that I, I don't know, coming into the year, I was thinking like, eh, yawn. I don't, know what, I don't know what Penn State's got coming back. I'm not really all that intrigued by them. Um, they're legit. Jalen Pickett is if Zach Eady's not the player of the year. If there's anybody that I think Zach Eady's going to run away with it, but Jalen Pickett is probably a, an All Big Ten first team guy. He's averaging 17 points and eight rebounds and eight assists. So he's like a he's like a triple double watch every single time he takes the floor. And uh, you know their head coach is is a is a Matt Painter disciple in, in Micah Shrewsbury. So uh, maybe Purdue is just our overachiever through Penn State. Yeah, and then a couple others I have as far as overachievers, kind of honorable mention. Iowa I put in there, and then Illinois. Um, Illinois has got wins, UCLA, um, Texas, you know, close losses to uh, Virginia, Maryland, and Penn State, who you just mentioned. Um, but no, Big Ten has just been, you know, like I think I in particular harped on them. You may have slightly during conference previous season. Um, but no, they have been – a lot better than I had anticipated before the season. Could this be the Big Ten media machine is just giving us the hype? Or is it? Or is this like Big Ten is doing well in the non-con? Is that something? Because they didn't do I, particularly like, well in the in the ACC challenge. Not that, that, not that that's a huge kind of end-all, be-all type of thing. But it, I, I have a hard time deciding. Like, is, is there still – do we still come back? I know the, the, always the yeah, but with the Big Ten conferences. Yeah, but do they have a title contender? I guess we can classify Purdue as that. Um, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I have a hard time seeing that, though. I, I, I kind of think the, you know, I gave you those five teams at the start of the show. I would probably have to pick Purdue as the least sustainable. Like you have you have Edie being a National Player of the Year guy, but then outside of that, like, yeah, they got guys who are solid, but just not amazing. So like, if they have a... You know, a game where Edie gets in foul trouble early on, they're going to have a difficult time. I think. Yeah, I guess I guess I view least I, I view sustainability and then like ultimate tournament success as as different things. Like I think Purdue's sustainability, like I I have no doubt they're going to pile up wins. You know, I mean they're going to they're going to rack up they're going to get 22, 25, 27 wins. I'm sure of that because they will on a night in night out basis in the conference do well. But I do worry that the right kind of matchup can expose them in the tournament, and I don't know. Like it, I don't even know what that matchup is because Zach Eady is a monster. But mm-hmm. I do feel like their guards might just have a, a day where they stink in the tournament and they get bounced in the Sweet Sixteen for some reason, uh, even though they're a two seed like they were last year. So I, I still think it's sustainable, but maybe long lasting. Like in terms of if if the only goal is if the only thing we're talking about is winning the title. I would I would still put Purdue lower than whatever they're ranked right now. Right. All right. We have do have to get to underachievers, and I don't want to finish the show with underachievers, so let's do it now. 
and then any other honorable mention overachievers that we can finish on a high note. Later. Well, I got a t- I got I got some more overachievers for you. Okay, save them for later. Oh, okay, okay. Are we just talking the Big Ten right now, or do you want to go conference by conference? I mean, it's not. We have to like be. Oh, uh, we have four overachievers for Big Ten. Now we have to find four for the Pac-12. It's no. I, it, I got it, an overachiever it, it, from every we're, league. We're not practicing socialism here, Biggs. Okay, good. Yeah, capitalism. You're focused on that game. <laughs> I'm switching it over to Marquette Notre Dame because that one's go. been pretty close as well. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So underachievers, I'm gonna give you a few teams, and you tell me who you think can recover. Okay. So least say, sustainable. Gonna, Their underachievement I, is the least sustainable. Yes. Um. So I'm just gonna go because I've got a few of them. And I already talked about one of them. Um. I'm just gonna list all the underachievers I have my cheat, on my cheat sheet here. Um. Oregon. Florida, Michigan State, Michigan, uh, TCU, Creighton, North Carolina. Who do you think can bounce back from their start this so far? And, and do not feel pressure because of our fandom. Okay, so we got Oregon, Florida, TCU, the state of Michigan, yep. Carolina, and Creighton. Creighton. So yep. we got six. We got six teams. Seven teams in six Seven categories, teams. six things. Yep. All right. I am going to take Michigan and Michigan State out because we already talked about Michigan State having injuries. I think Michigan also having injuries, but I think Michigan will be fine. <clears throat> the other five, we got Oregon, Florida, TCU, Creighton, UNC. I would say... I would say Creighton. I still have I still have a belief and a hope that they can. I mean, we've we've seen them look really really good. Yep. We haven't necessarily seen those other four teams look really good this season, and so I, I guess I have to still believe that I've seen Creighton do it, and they've lost four in a row. Yep. Now one of those losses was to Arizona, a a stupid good team, like. That, that might be one of your top five teams in the country if you're talking just like, can they win the whole thing? They, they're like against, they look another, like Gonzaga on steroids. Another loss was against Texas, which on my cheat sheet, I actually – I'm a little dyslexic here. I put taxes instead of taxes. Texas. Oops. Yeah. Death, um, Texas, <laughs> and Matt Painter. Yes. Thanks, John Rothstein. <laughs> um. So I'm going to say Creighton. Now I do have con- my concern with them is probably the concern that everybody's gotten. It's that they get nothing out of their bench, like nothing. Like Mason Miller hasn't really done much in terms. Like he comes in like every other game, comes in and knocks down a three, and then that's like all he does. So I'm concerned with their bench, but their starting five is still insanely good, and it might be one of those deals where late in the season they they might just lean all the way into playing those guys 36 minutes a game, you know, and and do what UNC kind of did where it's we're going to go iron basically five and we're just going to spell the other guys a couple minutes before a TV timeout or something. But I, I have to believe because you have Ryan Nemhard, who's, who's one of the five best point guards in the league or in the, in the, in the, in the country. Uh, Ryan Cockbrenner is one of the best true bigs. Although he, I don't even know if he's one of the best true bigs because there's so darn many, so many good bigs. He's a really good big man. And then, and then their wings are just solid Alexander and, and, uh, and uh, Shireman and Kaluma, I, I just I love the pieces. They they fit really well together. The way they play offense, I, I think when they when they get into a groove, they're going to look really really hot. So, I believe they'll figure it out. 
And yeah, <clears throat> like they started um, off the year, I think, 6-0. and um, Yeah. Obviously, we just mentioned four losses in a row. Obviously, the two most concerning of those four are the most recent ones, one of them being yesterday against BYU. Um, do you think, like, do you think, still think they are the second best team in the conference at this point? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. And that's where. I'm trying to think who else that would be. Maybe Xavier? Yeah. But, like, considering that, like, they're going to pile up big, like, wins in conference play. They should be able to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They should be able to. Yep. So there, there are some get right opportunities in the Big East. Yep. But we thought Nebraska was a get right opportunity and they lost to them. So they've shown they can lose to anybody. They, they do they do have an over-reliance on just they, – they shoot a lot of threes, and, and the three-point line is a weapon. But but some of these teams – and Creighton does it. They play that beautiful offense, and they'll just they – will, they will shoot a ton of threes, and that's why they lost to Texas. They could not buy a three. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm done with Creighton. I think they're going to figure it out. Okay. Um, after that, i got to go Carolina just because – again I'm going to go back to the conference. The ACC is – it's dog shit. Awful. So there's no reason why UNC can't uh, can't figure it out to an extent. I I don't know. I'm I'm a little worried that basically what they are is what they were last year, which before the tournament they were an eight seed, you know, or a nine seed, or whatever they were. They're they're a nice team. Ranking them number one was just an enormous um, recency bias of of a of a of a run in the tournament. They are like they are what we worried that UCLA was going to be, except they're actually worse because they they don't look very good. They've shown they can beat, they can beat lesser teams, and they they don't have a win over a team that I would consider in their in their tier or above their tier. You know, like the teams that they've beaten, we expect them to beat. The teams they've lost to, I kind of mostly expected them to lose to slash think they could lose to. So they they get nothing from their bench either. They're a lot like Creighton, where they just they get absolutely nothing from their bench, and yesterday's yesterday's win over Georgia Tech was the first win over a Power 6 team, which was encouraging. I think the most encouraging thing was that they actually had double-digit assists. They, they moved the ball. We could we could sit here and do a Carolina pod for, for an hour and a half and talk about it. Which we're not going to. No, and, and I don't want to. I, I can't stand it. I mean, they just they, – they don't look very good. They haven't looked very good. Watching them against Indiana, it was despicable. Watching them against just so many of these teams, they just look they look uninterested. They play on very uninspi- uninspiring style. The game against Bama was disgusting. So I hope they can eventually figure it out. Because, boy, when, when they had a role in the second half of last year, the ball was moving. The guards were the guards were not only making shots, but it was because they were getting good shots. Like right now they haven't gotten a lot of good shots because they just hold the ball and they dribble and dribble and dribble. Yep. You know, a drill that we like to do with our freshmen – is we will make them play five on five, full court, no dribbling. You don't get to dribble. You have to pass. You have oh, to yeah. screen away. You have to cut. You don't get to dribble up and down the floor. Yep, we used and, to do it too. It's and, and that's what North Carolina feels like needs to run that drill a lot. They need to have the whole practice. Like, I don't know if they could do it. It's just the, the ball gets so sticky, and and, that, and that's an issue. And then, obviously, it's easy to focus on the offense, but they, they also don't play any defense. And, and their yeah. defense, last year, they started playing good defense later in the year. And so – that needs to be a thing that they pick it up. The I whole think- giving yeah. up three pointers to everyone has uh, carried over from Roy Williams era to the Hubert Davis era. Well, it's it's and not even it's it's not. I mean, it's like a system thing, but it's also just like contain the basketball. Mm-hmm. They get they get wide open threes because guys get just blown by, and and then they have to help, and then those guys get step in easy jumpers with something we don't generate on offense. Um, 
they just they, they don't contain the basketball. And it's probably because of, I don't know, can't be because of physical talent. They got plenty of that. So I do think they'll figure it out. I, I, and by figure it out, I think that means they'll right the ship and be decent. I don't think they will ever get ranked in the top five again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they will they will rack up enough wins over some of these crap ACC teams to uh, to hang around the fringes of being ranked and and be in the mix. Uh, let's see. After that, I think Oregon, I know Oregon has started the year really slow. A lot of that has to do with injuries. They've played a really tough schedule too. I was just looking like some of the losses that Oregon's taken. I mean, they've played some really good teams. They've lost to, they've lost to UCLA. They've lost to Houston, Houston. you know, so two really good teams there. Did they lose to, they lose to Bama or uh, UConn? They lost to the UConn, right? UConn as they got well crushed as Michigan, by UConn. as well as Michigan State. And then... Okay. Their worst loss was against, uh, which is it even a bad loss? Um, you know, ants are a terrible, terrifying creature. And then there's the ant eaters, like the, the the animal that eats the terrifying creature. So maybe that's not a bad loss. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible loss. It's certainly not an ideal loss if you're Oregon. But yeah, it's not like a it's not like a you suck kind of loss. So right. while they haven't been very good, they've underachieved. It'd be nice to win a couple of those games. They also have been dealing with a ton of injuries to start the year. I, I think at least two of their at least two of like their perimeter their perimeter guys have not been healthy. I think I think Bartholomew's been out to start the year. I think another guard too. I think they're down. Yeah, Ke- Keyshawn's played four games. Uh, yeah, he's only played four. Yeah. Um, Brennan Rigsby. I'm not even sure if he's good. Who's the Who's the transfer from South Carolina? They had a transfer guard from South Carolina. I thought. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember his name. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of guys, a lot of guards with ten games played so far. I'm, I don't see another one. Tyrone Williams, maybe. No, he's got nine games. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they haven't been as injured as I thought. Then, yeah, maybe they're just awful. We're, Could we're be. Kind of, we're kind of just convincing ourselves that they're just awful after trying to convince ourselves that they're not that bad. Cuisnard has Cuisnard played? Ah, that's why he's not even on the stat sheet. Yeah, Jermaine Cuisnard. He's the yeah, South Carolina cool. transfer who was who figured he'd he'd be in the rotation. Not like a probably not one of those guys that when you get hurt you should fall apart. But it's a useful guard. So. Yeah, Cuisinart and, and Bartholomew were both supposed to be kind of main rotation guys for them. And so, I don't know. I think I, – I don't even know whatever his status is. Maybe he's not coming back. But assuming he does, assuming he will, I think Oregon will get things going in a right direction. Um, you know, Will Richardson is a solid player. I think that's all he is. I think he's I think he's a solid player. If you want more than that, you're going to be disappointed. Dante's solid. Another good another good big man who can who can do some nice things. Kello Ware's been a little disappointing. He's only averaging like nine points a game. I don't know. I guess I don't know what I was. I don't know if I was expecting more than that. Probably I was expecting too much. But I, I think there's a. I think there's still a ceiling for Oregon. But they have done themselves very little favors in their non-conference in that they they now need to do really really well. They cannot. It's kind of like last year for them. They can't really afford. They can't afford to take bad losses. Like you can't afford to lose to the, some of these lower tier Pac-12 teams. Like they need to pile up. They need to beat all the teams they should beat, pick up a couple wins over teams that they're probably not expected to beat, and and, and go from there. So I, I think that they have the pieces to do it if they yeah. get healthy. Well, you just look at their conference schedule. There's not a lot of opportunities 
for them for conference wins. You you have four for sure opportunities. I'm assuming they play both UCLA and Arizona twice. Um, I had almost put Arizona State as my overachiever because they're like nine and one, but then I see that they haven't played anyone. But if they do continue to be good, there's another opportunity for some quality wins. Um, <laughs> but they're gonna have to win those at least probably like 500 in those games. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be like four or five other teams basically kind of in that same tier for with Oregon, right? Like fighting for tournament spots, and so like bubble-ish teams, they're going to have to beat all those bubble teams. All right, um, let's see who 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 haven't we touched on? And like, do you have any underachievers? Any underachievers? I'm just kind of rolling off ones off the top of my head here. Any Florida? That I've missed you you put Florida? I don't I don't like the way Florida looks. I mean, they've got some ugly mm-hmm. losses. They got crushed by UConn, crushed by West Virginia. They lost to like, didn't they lose to Stetson or no? That was Florida no, State. They lost to the, uh, they lost Florida. To you're thinking of uh, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they've got some crap losses, and then they don't really have any good wins, so they've kind of failed every test so far. Um, that's not great, and so I'm I'm a little concerned about Florida. I just wonder if they've just got a lot of like, I mean, their whole team's basically mid-major up transfers. Kyle Lofton from from Bonaventure, the the guard from from VMI. Uh, Will Richard from uh, from Belmont. He's got a lot of dudes who are just up transfers. So it's like, I don't know, this is what you get when you have a ton of mid-major guys transferring up maybe. Yeah, could be. Um, yeah, it doesn't always work for people now. Just looking forward, like they're at least a team that will have an opportunity for some Tons. quality wins in the SEC. Yep. So it's definitely not, um, you know, the end of the season for them by any means. Um, but no, they're going to have to get it right here. They do – Upcoming schedule is Ohio, Oklahoma, kind of not you know a couple of easy games, but like winnable games for them to try to get right. Um, and then they it looks like they get in a conference play with a road game against Auburn. So you know it's gonna pick up fast for them. But like I said, um, not the end of the season for them. They do still have a chance to uh, you know right the ship here. You just talked all of our Florida listeners off the ledge with that. That was nice. Yeah. Um, random question: Is Florida Atlantic the best team in Florida? With Florida in the name. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's Central Florida, there's South Florida, Florida State, Florida Atlantic, Florida. Are there any other Floridas? I can't think of any. Florida Gulf Coast? There's Florida Gulf Coast. They might be it. Might be Florida Gulf Coast. Could be. Dunk City. Dunk City. Didn't they beat I'm USC here, earlier there. in the year? Did they? I think they did because their coach that that's the that's the coach right Enfield used to coach Gulf Coast and so they they got him. <laughs> Wasn't a stat like a couple weeks in the season talking about the Pac-12's like non-conference record as like a whole and it's just slightly above five hundred. I want to say. Well, they have like the little Pac-12 versus the WAC kind of uh, kind of thing, you know, like like a like like one of those conference against conference kind of challenges, and the WAC actually had more wins. I'm pretty sure. Wow. That's not good. Yeah, it was it was pretty damning the first week of the season. It's like, oh, Pac twelve, you're terrible again. So that's awesome. Yeah. I got a couple I got a couple mid major teams here that have had have really fallen flat on their face. Okay. Um and they actually play each other next Saturday in the all uh basically disappointing we were supposed to contend as two of the best teams in mid major ranks, but we suck so far Is this it year. Mid mid major showcase. They should have yep. more of those. Dayton, Wyoming. Yeah, you were high on Dayton, too. I was. Everybody was. They were ranked. So tell me why these two teams suck. Or have sucked so far. I don't know. I think the easiest thing to chalk up for Dayton is injuries. Malachi Smith uh, had an an ankle injury to start the year. 
came back, and then I think he got hurt again. So it might just be the year from hell for poor Malachi Smith. And then I think Kobe Elvis, another one of their kind of one of their two guards, has gotten hurt in recent weeks as well. And so that's that's put a damper on things. And they had an absolutely god awful trip to the Bahamas, battle for Atlantis. They lost all three games. They lost to Wisconsin. They lost to BYU, and they lost to somebody else. I don't remember who, but they took three uh, losses. NC State. NC State. That's not great. No. So they they've kind of basically done the same thing that that they did last year where it's well, not really the same thing. Cause they actually had big wins to, to offset some of those perplexing losses, but they've pretty much killed their at large hopes. I think with their, with their work in the non-con, they did not get any kind of signature wins. So they're basically going to have to run through the a 10, which is doable. The a 10 doesn't look great. Mid major leagues across the, across the country right now. Don't look as good as, as I guess we thought. I'm not, I, maybe eventually we'll, we'll unpack that at some point, but so underachieving, Mid major conferences, maybe, yeah. Like okay. some of these, some of these key, some of these big name ones at least. Like the Mountain West doesn't seem to have a great team. The A ten doesn't seem to have a great team. The uh, uh, the Missouri Valley doesn't seem to have a great team. I, I don't know. No, and I see what are they six and five, and it's not like you know some of these losses are close losses. Um, they lose by twelve to NC State. They lose by quick math here 28 to virginia tech um yeah yeah you don't like if they would have lost by like five i'm sitting here thinking eh, okay that's an overachiever to, but dang you lose by to, 30 to, it's like, to lose hurts. by 30 yeah like that's not good and then yeah and also wyoming um they're five and five um and yeah you, like you mentioned they play next saturday yeah next saturday yeah uh, at night, um, that's after the Vikings play, so maybe I could watch that one. We'll see. Uh, father-in-law, maybe if you give me the remote. Um, but lost against Santa Clara. That's where, that's where you've got a. That's where you've got an opportunity to basically put your imprint on on the family and say, "Listen, I'm here. This is this is my house now. Whose house? <laughs> my house." You take the remote and just kind of take yeah. control of that thing. Yeah. Also, can I still marry your daughter? Oh yeah, no. Okay. Please see ya. Okay, but um, <laughs> I get to watch the best matchup, so it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wyoming doesn't have Graham Ek. That's a big impact thing. I mean, he was he was supposed to be their best player. He has not played yet. I don't know when he is going to, but boy, that that sucks. And then Hunter Maldonado has not taken. He's kind of taken a step back. His his scoring is down. His efficiency is okay, but they need him to do more, and he's just not. He's not. He hasn't been great. So. Uh, some of the transfers they got have just kind of been meh, ho-hum. So, yeah, I don't know. Wyoming bums me out. I thought they were going to be better. They're not very good. All right. Um, Let's see here. Let's get back to the positive note to end the show. Any other overachievers we haven't talked about? Um, And actually, I just want to say a live, live underachiever here. Maryland's down 34-17 at halftime right now. Yeah, do you see they were like three of they just showed the first half shooting stats. I don't remember it was like three of twenty five. It's like how wow. How are you shooting that bad? Yeah, Tennessee? It volunteers aren't broads. They're on the road doubling up Maryland in the first half. Well, it's it's in New York City. Never mind. So it's, <laughs> it's a, a it's neutral site game. game. <laughs> but still. For those is, people uh, out there, just because the team's named on the bottom doesn't mean they're the home team. Not early in the season at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah let's see i got some overachievers conference by conference here acc i got Vatech. they're 10 and 1 justin mutz he's the man 
Love that guy. You you, you like Mutz. You were, he's you were so texting good. About him. You were texting about him this week. He's so good. He's just like a he's just a perfect. I have a I have just like a I have basketball biases. I I love the water bug kind of pick you up full court, get in your junk point guards. I love those little those undersized point guards who just kind of wreak havoc. I have a soft spot for those types of players. And then I have a soft spot for like the the swingman, do it all kind of uh, jack of all trades types. Justin yep. Mutz is definitely one of those. You know, he's but just he, a, he's not like a true power forward, but he's not like skilled enough as a perimeter guy to be like a true perimeter guy either. He can guard kind of four four and a half spots. He just stuffs the statue. He's like averaging fifteen seven and like four assists. Uh, he's he's a dude. Um, just a random question. Like, if his name was just like Justin um, Johnson, would you care? Is it just the mutts? Maybe. This is a bias okay. that I probably need to explore because I, yeah. I know I, I am quick to point out that bias against other people. Yeah. Maybe I'm falling for it. I don't I don't know. Yeah. If his name was like Justin Smith, would is he that be the Arkansas? Cool? Is that Arkansas? Justin Smith. Was he they, had, they had one guy. I think they had a Justin yeah. Smith back in the day. Yeah. 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 I yeah. don't know. I'd probably like him still, but Justin Smith – He's a he's a he's a pretty darn good player. Not a damn. This guy's a stud. Yeah. You know, but I know they also have four other. Um, you know, Justin Mutz. You're talking about. He was he's their third leading scorer. Um, Sean Padula, Grant Basile, Basile. Sure. Yeah, Grant Basile has 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 had a nice little. Where he's he had a nice little up transfer from Wright State. I did. I wasn't sure if he'd be able to hold up as like a as like a five man playing up, and, and he's done it. He's been really good. He's averaging 15 a game too, isn't he? And yep. then yeah, fifteen and about six, and then obviously, and then also Hunter Couture, Darius Maddox. Um, they're they're kind of like how we've talked about some other teams on this pod, where you know they could use some more bench production. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely a very solid start for them. And you know, we talk about you know North Carolina and Duke are obviously like the front runners. Seems like most of the years for the ACC, but the state of Virginia making a comeback. It sure is. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's here. It's not going anywhere. It seems like. No. I can't wait for a civil, civil, civil war game between those two. Oh yeah. You throw out the records. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's get some other ones here. Uh, West Virginia. You want to just keep on the, Virginia oh, an- another, yeah. The, the state Western of Vir- Virginia team is, yeah, the state of Virginia good. continues. Yeah. We just were westward expansion <laughs> is a thing. So, uh, Bob Huggins is uh, apparently new offensive mastermind. Question mark. They average eighty points a game. They're shooting fifty percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three as a team. I don't like it. They've got they've got wins over Florida and UAB. Now I it's it's we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth if we talk about how shitty Florida is, and then talk about how good of a win over Florida it is that West Virginia beat them. So I I don't know how to how to um, how to how to come to grips with that, but. I guess it's better. They beat Florida by like thirty, didn't they? Didn't they crush them? I think they killed them. Yeah, by thirty-one. Yeah, um, so that that I guess makes my eye that that I noticed that. You mentioned, and then they beat UAB, UAB, which is another yeah. one of those really good mid-major teams. Yeah, yeah, I could see it eight and two. I would. I mean, I'd probably pump the brakes slightly on that. Um, no, definitely a, a better than expected start to the year for them. All four of their transfers, Stevenson, Trey Mitchell, Joe Toussaint, Emmett Matthews, all averaging double figures. So Bobby Hug- Bobby Huggins, Huggy Bear, Offensive Mastermind, and Portal God. Isn't Emmett Matthews a boomerang? He, he is a boomerang. Before. Okay. thought so. So uh, he, like, he already understood the system, so I'm not going to count him in that transfer stat there. 
right. so right. they have they have three incoming transfers um averaging double figures i don't want to talk about this very long but do you feel good bad or neutral about duke and i'm gonna put it this way they neutral. are what are they eight and two or nine and two or whatever their record's solid they're getting absolutely nothing from their two highest rated freshmen, Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead. Uh, Proctor, their other their other freshman guard, he's been just kind of blah. And yet they're still pretty good. Do you feel bad that those guys, do you feel worried about Duke that those freshmen aren't giving them anything? Or do you look at it from a boy, they're 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 pretty solid right now. And imagine if those guys start to play like their recruiting rankings suggest that they should. I would say I'm indifferent at this point. They are They've gotten there a different way than I expected, but this is like about the record I expected, if that makes okay. sense. Um, yep. You're right about Derek Lively. He hasn't done much. He's averaging four point. Is he just not touching it? He's still averaging, like he's shooting 60% from the field. Like it's not like he's. He doesn't guess, have offensive skill. He's not one of those types of guys. He's a rim running big. Is who... he more of like a, um, and this guy was injured when he was there, but Harry Giles was more of like a, just a defensive he was a very highly rated recruit, like junior year, uh, but more of like the defensive their, type. If I remember, their, their games are super different. Giles okay. Giles never played because of his he was always hurt, uh, yeah, but he was good. offensively he had the whole package. Derek Lively, if if you're if you're trying to compare him to like another big, his his comp I'm pretty sure coming out of high school was like Tyson Chandler. Okay, so okay. think about think about a big who's just going to basically set screens, run the floor, sit in the short corner, and, and dunk. Like he doesn't have offensive skill. Yep. And and I don't know the Duke guards are particularly good at like getting him involved in the action. It seems like their best offense is missing the shot so that Filipowski can go get it and score on an offensive rebound. Yep. But no, I'd say like as far as you know my fandom here, I would expect Duke and Carolina to split yet again, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm not like worried. If you're asking like, are you worried that Duke's gonna win it all this year? Um, no, yet. I'm asking you if you're worried from a Duke perspective, like from like you have to step inside the shoes of a Duke fan here. No, like, no, not doing that. I'm stopping okay. right there. I you're will just never incapable do that. of doing that one. Yeah, All right, I'm, I'm incapable. I think they're very that. clearly what the second best team in the ACC. Would you say with that? You're obviously saying Virginia's number one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, be between them and Tech. Okay, and obviously we have to see more out of Virginia Tech too, but they've looked very good as well. Yep. No. Maybe Miami is kind of lurking. They always are. Like, yeah. They always like have. The, they always have the talented guards to keep you interested. Yep. Yep. Uh, another team that's on TV right now, Marquette. They look like they're going to get another good win here. They're going to probably beat Notre Dame. They're up eleven with six minutes to go. They stomped Baylor a week and a half ago. That was that was something that makes you take notice. Their only losses they have, about that actually. They're seven and three with. With three losses, their three losses, though, are to uh, Purdue. I believe they're undefeated. Mississippi State, as of this recording, is undefeated and probably will be undefeated by the time this gets published because they play Minnesota tonight, so they'll win. And Wisconsin, who I think has maybe two losses but is very Wisconsin-y. How are they doing against Notre Dame right now? How's that game going? Did you say? Marquette, they're up by 11 with about six minutes left. Okay. No, Marquette is very good, um, and I'm just going to keep taking this victory lap on this take. Um, I don't have a lot of good takes on the show, Big, so I'm going to keep talking about this one. This is a good fit for Shaka Smart. 100%. Um, 
Yeah, because he gets those um, slap the floor lunch pail guys to coach up and you know play like a tough nose game instead of having like the highly read recruits who only care about their NBA contract in the future. Yep. So let's get to I am I am with you on that. I think he's in a great spot. They've taken. Uh, I mean, Marquette has some guys that he is a developmental type of coach, and guys have super developed. I mean, yep. Tyler Kolak was like a he was a he was a transfer from George Mason. And last year was was okay. He averaged like six points and like five assists. His efficiency was really bad. This year he's averaging like nine points and eight assists. He looks like one of the best true point guards in the Big East. And Cam Jones was a guy who basically couldn't play last year because he couldn't figure out how to play defense. Often, always been an offensively talented, kind of gifted scorer. He's putting it together, and he's averaging like 16 a game for them now. And Olivier Maxens Prosper, another guy who was a – I think he was – Oh my God. As you say that, the slap the floor thing, I just see three more guys <laughs> slap the floor. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, also but, carrying lunch meals. Nothing, nothing. To, and they just got to steal. So obviously, slapping the floor works. And those entitled kids in Texas don't understand it, but Marquette yep. does. And that's yep, why they're winning. Exactly. So, Victor laps. That's, that's outstanding. So, yeah, I like Marquette. Um, let's see. Arizona, your thoughts. I think I told you um, when I was typing up my show notes, I almost went Arizona State for my Pac-12 overachiever until I saw that they've played um, William and Mary and Mary of the Lake um, 10 times so far this year, so I didn't put them on there. Okay. Um, in their stead, I believe I said that right, I put Arizona. Okay. Um, wins against San Diego State, Creighton, and Indiana. Now, Creighton, obviously... It's like you said, we're talking about both sides of our mouth where we've just been bashing Creighton. Um, yeah, that one's not but, aging super well, but I think it will. Yeah. But one note I have here is, is Tubelis and Umer Balo the best front court in the country? I'm having a hard time thinking of another one. Yeah. yeah they've been, they're, they're, they're awesome. They're both like, I think like, I think Tubelis is like 18 or 20 points per game and Balo's like 16, I want to say. Um, they've been incredible. And then the guards, they have, you know, Kirk Creaso, they have Pele Larson, and then who's a te- is it Texas guy they got? Yeah, Ramey. 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 Um, they've been good enough. They don't have and they don't have to be amazing. They're they're each average about ten points per game. So just a solid team. Um solid starting five. I'm not sure. Are they getting a ton of bench production? They have like they have like two bench guys. They got a freshman big who's like from like uh, Lithuania or something, and then they've got they've got a transfer guard from uh, from Campbell, who's not terrible. What's what's that? The Fighting name? Camels. Yeah, what's the guy's name? Uh, Cedric Henderson. So he averages eight and a half. Oh, and then Vassar. Uh, yeah, they don't get a ton. I mean, they they did this last year where they basically don't. I mean, Tommy Tommy Lloyd does not play a super deep bench. They basically get six guys that are playing twenty three to to thirty two minutes a game, mm-hmm. and they get a couple guys who give them like eleven and eleven and fourteen. So. Yeah. They're not going to get a ton from their bench. They're going to have six guys, though, that pile up points. But it is nice. They've got basically eight guys who they're comfortable putting on the floor. Um, yep. They've got two reserve guards and a reserve four they like to play. So it, it like it's good enough. It's sustainable. And the nice thing about having two stud big men is if one of them you know, gets in foul trouble, you still have another one out there. Um, but no, very good team. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, that, that Henry Vassar, the freshman, he's from Estonia. He's seven feet tall. 
he's only averaging three and a half points a game, but it seems like when he comes in, like he, I would not be at all shocked if later in the year, like we look up in February and that number is more like six, you know, like he's not going to put up huge numbers, but like he's going to just keep getting better, I think. And so their, their front court rotation is, is excellent. Well, yeah. And they're getting nothing out of, uh, out of that Kylan Boswell, that freshman point guard. Maybe he, maybe he gives them something. I don't know. Well, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't I, really play much more than he plays about three to five minutes a game. So, well, especially for a guy who was a, um, what do they call that? Reclassified. A re- he's a reclass. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also know, have two he, other point guards in, in Ramey and Creesa. Yeah. You know, that's someone who could, I'm not going to say peak towards the end of the year, but actually like, you know, be better towards the end of the year, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, if he plays, it's because he did something worth, like, they're not just going to put him in because he was ranked high, you know? Yep. Exactly. So. I, I I think really, I mean, like the note that I have on Arizona is they look like Gonzaga on steroids, you know, like they look like they're basically what Gonzaga is, except their athletes are, are better. They have better athletes. Here's a question. And this might just be based on their recent success and how good they have been. Are we worried about Gonzaga? Like from the stand, I, I suppose from the standpoint of they're usually a one seed, but maybe this year, a little bit a three, four, three or four. Yeah. We're probably worried. Um, but at the same time, they're still very good. What do you think? I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I said, I think I said, uh, earlier in the year, this, this team isn't as talented as, as any of the teams basically from about 2017 on that's when, when Gonzaga went to that truly, like they leveled up and went to like a, like a death star mode. Right. Um, they look a lot more like the Gonzaga teams from insert whatever year the Gonzaga thing started, which was probably like. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to probably sound dumb no matter what year I put. So in, in my mind, it's like 2000 yeah. <laughs> might be somewhere, somewhere in there, right? 2000 to like 2015, they always had good teams, but you, but they always had, they just, they didn't have the same kind of like athletic juice. And when they played against Baylor, um, you know, the first 10 minutes of that game, it's just, boy, I was like, this, this team is just does not have the kind of athletes to hang with these Baylor kids. And they ended up, they ended up almost winning that game. Some of their losses, I mean, their losses, what's their worst one? Baylor, Texas, or or uh, or Purdue? Uh, I'd say... I mean, that's three top ten teams. I'd probably just say either Purdue or Texas, just because those were more lopsided ones. Yeah, they got their asses handed to them. Yeah. The problem now is, you know, they're getting into conference play very soon here. They're kind of like how we talked about the Pac-12 earlier, where... They're not going to have as much of an opportunity for quality wins down the stretch here. They do have Alabama next Saturday, which um, is probably like their last true. Um, you know, obviously, there's like BYU and some teams in the conference there, but that's probably their best like power six. Actually, their only power six option for a good win the rest of the year. Yeah. No, they have they have decent wins. I mean, Michigan State, I think, is a win that'll age okay, assuming yeah. Michigan State gets healthy. And, and, and just like the eyes of people that seed this stuff, beating Michigan State is always, that's just a win over a, a uh, you know, a Jersey school. So it's, it's worth something. And then they, they, they handled Kentucky pretty well too. That's hard to remember just because they've played so many big games early in the year. You know, they beat Xavier. That's a good win. So it, it's not like they haven't, it's not like they don't have good wins on their resume. They've just, they've gone basically 500 in these, like these tough games. And they've just like played insane amounts of tough games. I don't think they're they're not they're not as good as as we thought they would be maybe in re, in relation to the field. I would say that. They're they're about as they're about probably what I thought they would be. I think they're just lower in terms of like other teams in the field look better. 
So yep. they don't look like they're better than the, there's other teams that I think are right up there with them or better than them. So well, I don't I'd know. Say, I guess I'm not it, worried about them. I, I think they're going to be, they're probably going to be like you said. Yeah. Two or three seed. Yeah. I would say if you rated being a two or three seed, a failure of a season, then yeah, you should expect a failure of a season. Um, and that's just based on, you know, the past few years, how many times have they been preseason number one or how many weeks have they been the number one overall ranked team? And then how many t- times have they been a one seed? So yep. if like you just go based on that recent success and then use that as your measuring stick, you're going to be very disappointed in this year, but still a very good team. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nice. Pretty nice to, to be that good. Um, here's a couple more underachievers, just a couple of mid-major ones. Kent State, they have close losses. They have three losses. They're all close to Houston, Gonzaga, and Charleston. Pretty good. They almost, yeah. they, they had Gonzaga. I think they were up four with like two minutes left against Gonzaga and ended up losing. They had Houston pretty much right on the ropes basically the entire game. Houston ends up beating them by five. And then they lost to Charleston, I think by two. So, I'm kind of confused because I think you said underachiever before you brought up Kent State. I'll review the tapes later. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I meant under underrated maybe. or Yeah, you're right. Not okay. underachievers. Overachieving. Okay, okay perfect. That's on, I, I was like, what are you talking about here? Yeah, I had okay. two different things going through my brain there. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I, they, got to the, they got to the MAC championship last year um, and were defeated by, was it Akron who got to the tournament? I think it was Akron. I think it's I think it's going to be either Kent State or or Toledo this year. Kent State looks really really good. Sincere Carey is a is a is a solid kind of ball handling kind of bulldog point guard. His shooting percentages are not great, and I think it's probably a product of he has to take a lot of bad shots. Mm-hmm. His shooting his shooting against Houston was uh, that was a gross one. It was they lost forty nine forty four. I'm pretty sure he was like two of like twenty one from the field. <laughs> Houston will <laughs> Houston will do that to someone. Yep. Um, but I think Kent State is uh, Kent State's legit. Yep. Who else you got? And, and then Utah State. Um, maybe this is just a couple of Craig Smith notes. Utah. How about just the state of Utah? Utah eight and two. They have a win over over uh, that uh, previously mentioned. Oh, Arizona. Over. Over. Okay. Perfect. They beat they beat that Arizona team. Okay. Um, they have a lot of Minnesota guys on the team, so that's cool. Um, Craig Smith is also a Minnesota, North Dakota guy. So like, that's cool. I don't feel like North Dakotans have that same like bias for their own. That provincialism. Yeah. As Minnesota. I'm going to assume it's provincialism. I'm going to assume that that is the right word. Yep. Because you're an English teacher. Yep. Okay. Uh, but Utah state Craig Smith's old squad, they're eight. No, as of this recording, averaging 86 points per game. Wow. They're a juggernaut. Uh, maybe the best team in the Mountain West. I think San Diego State is. But who's the coach there now? It's the dude who was at UMBC. Oh, the uh, the only team to ever um, launch a team into a national championship the following year by beating a one seed as a sixteen seed. Correct. And now yeah. that coach, for the first time ever, is in his second season, averaging almost ninety points a game at a Mountain West school in Utah. Wow. You can't force these stats, base. No, it, it's been a while since we had a stat, like since we forced one of these, even though you can't force them. That's next level stuff is what that is. <laughs> Thanks here's, to the uh, mid-court man of stats and stats department. Here, here, here's a good one for you. Steven Ashworth is uh, the point guard for Utah State. He is averaging 18.6 points per game on 9.8 shot attempts. He is averaging 31 minutes a game. He has started only two of their eight games. Is he the most efficient player 
in basketball. I'm not even going to say college basketball. In basketball. Maybe. I mean, this yeah. is this is incredible. Did you see the stat? I saw. So have you heard of like this Grinnell College? I think they're in Iowa. Yeah. They've they had that guy score, score 100 points a couple times, like a few years ago. Yep. They had a game yesterday, 111 field goal attempts, Biggs. All 111 were three-point attempts. That's the stupidest basketball I could <laughs> possibly imagine. That's so that amazing. Do you think they do it, do all this just for like the viral part of it? 100%. So that's their brand. It's like the do it for the vine. Yep. Yep. That's their brand. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Do you got any, you got any more underachievers slash overachievers? I actually don't. I think we got through all of mine. The only one we really, really didn't talk about extensively was TCU, but I kind of talked my way out of that one just because they have kind of righted the ship a little bit. Um, yeah. They're nine and one. We talked about Michigan, talked about Arizona. No, that's everyone on my list. Okay. Um, but no, I think this was a good show. I I would agree yeah. with you. Yeah. What an amazing show. Self reflection. I don't know if we're quite in mid season form yet, but like I think we're pretty much ready for conference play form. Yeah. And when when did we agree on bringing back trending up, trending down, and just forking everyone? Because you could ever, for those of you get into a new relationship or anything, don't fork too soon. Is there anybody that we can fork yet? Like, I don't want to have a premature fork. Yeah, you can't do that prematurely, no. Because um, if you do that, then you have accidents, and you don't want that. No, you really don't. Yeah. Well, you, it you, depend- you ready to bring back your favorite part of the pod? Louisville. I'm forking them. Okay. And that's, and that's the Louisville corner. We're just ready to yeah. fork them. Yep. I think I've heard enough about all the Louisville. I mean, every single yeah. podcast we listen to, college basketball related, they have to spend like 10 minutes on it on Louisville. And it's like, guys, look at Louisville's team. I, I, really I, bad. I want to take another victory lap, but this is for both of us, Biggs. Um, we are not analytical guys. Um, we can judge a team based off the eye test. And when I say eye test, I mean not watching college basketball for three weeks and I just look at schedules and box scores and make my conclusions from there. I don't up until this point now when I'm going to say the word Ken Palm. Um, I don't think we've re- mentioned Ken Palm once. No, the only the only thing I looked up on Ken Palm today was uh, Utah's defensive efficiency because I feel like it's really good because they don't give up a lot of points. Yep, it's okay to do that every once in a while though, Biggs. It's when you. I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm not leaning when, on it. It's when you say the word Ken Palm every five minutes, and that's being actually pretty conservative with that estimate. Yeah, it's like every five sentences. Yeah. Anyways, got anything else? Nope. All right. We'll maybe see you next weekend. We we um, gonna, we're not going to do any scrolling. Do do you want to do scrolling? It's a pretty light week, to be honest with you. Is it? There's not Let's, there's not a whole lot of scrolling worth worth. Well, uh, we're getting to the holiday point. season here, Biggs. Let's just go to next weekend because like some people like myself are getting with the family for Christmas. So if you need to get away. On Saturday, December seventeenth, you have Indiana Whoa. at Kansas. Insane day. Uh, Houston at Virginia. Uh, North Carolina at Ohio State. You see any others? Yeah, there's a ton. You UCLA Kentucky. I'm only at four fifteen right now on Saturday. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think you Purdue. skipped a couple too, if I'm not mistaken. U- UConn Butler. 
Uh, Drake, St. Louis. Yeah. Tennessee, Arizona. Top 10 matchup. Top 10. In- tell, tell, tell. Insane how loaded that day is. Yeah. Vikings against Colts. No one cares they, about they, that. They should bounce back. They should bounce back. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a very boring. Uh, you know, I talked about uh, the state of Michigan underachieving, um, but they actually kind of overachieved today with the Lions. Alabama, Gonzaga. They play on Saturday. Did I miss that one? Yeah. Damn it. Oh, yeah, I did. That's at noon. Just a meaty day. Just, in, just insane. Maybe I can, like, fake, like, an illness. You should. Uh, I, I have COVID. I have just get too full after, after eating lunch. Just be like, I need to go lie down. Yeah. Memphis, Texas A&M. I would say that's watchable. Yeah. Dayton, Wyoming. Watchable. That's a, just an insanely loaded Saturday. I'm going to put my DVR to the test. Should we go over to Sunday? There's not much. Brandon Valley against Sioux I Falls mean, Roosevelt. I see Auburn USC on Sunday. I'd call that watchable. Uh, is Stanford good yet? Because he's Stanford, Texas. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think Stanford's any good. Belmont against your nudes. Ooh, a patino bowl in the pit. Is it Louisville against? I can't think of it. It's not. Um, no, it's actually teams coached by Patinos. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Um, I can't think of where he coaches right now. Don't tell me. Because it'd be New Mexico for the other one. New, Mex- yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, at the pit in Albuquerque. Iona. Iona. There it is. Iona, Iona against New Mexico. Yeah. Iona. Don't even know. Her. And if I'm not mistaken, New Mexico. Nothing yeah, for that. Nine, nothing. They're nine nothing, for, nothing for that. For what? Iona. Don't even know her. Ah. And we've had better ones. <laughs> New Mexico New Mexico is 9-0. and They've got a squad. Do they still have a... Uh, probably better Tim- than Minnesota. What was his name? Not Timmy Allen. Um, it was Timmy something, wasn't it? Who is uh, their guy who had like 30-some points in the tournament last year? Well, that was New Mexico State. Was it? Shit. Yep. That was Teddy Allen. Teddy Allen, that's the name. That's New Mexico State, though. Okay. We're talking the Lobos of New Mexico. I uh, I did some self-reflection earlier, but now I'm just going off the rails here. What was your reflection? Well, we were talking about how good I've been doing, and now I'm getting the wrong the teams mixed up. Oh, that's okay. You got that's all right. You got you got time. Watch some hoops this week. Come back ready uh, next time we pod. All right, let's get out of here. All right, bye.